It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Michael Kiss. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. And Benjamin Solak. How old are you? It's the Kiss and Solak Show. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Right here on BGN Radio. You are flying high on the Kissed and Solak Show. This is episode 13. It is brought to you by the fine folks at BGN Radio. I am your host, Michael Kist of InsideThePylon.com. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. That's K-I-S-T. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick it over to a fun chat that I had with my good friend, Mark Schofield of InsideThePylon.com. He's my boss over there. He's an excellent quarterback mind. He also does work with quarterbacks for Bleacher Report. We'll go over all that. We're going to talk about all of the trades for quarterbacks, all of the draft prospects coming out, maybe their potential fits, some of the free agents that were signed, should the Eagles be worried. So we're going to kick it over to that right now. Joining me right now from inside the pylon, my boss, my friend, Mark Schofield. He is a founding father of the Football Twitter Book Club. He's a pioneer on gardening Twitter. He's a world-renowned QB guru, which I'm sure he hates being called. Mark, how you doing, brother? What's up, my friend? Um, first of all, a couple of things that I'd like to note here before we jump in. That's the first time you got my name right. That's the first time you've got my last name right. You've been calling me Schofield for about a year now, and I've just kind of like let it go because it cracks me up every single time. So I always did a double take when you nailed it. So kudos to you. Secondly, farming Twitter, not gardening Twitter. Let's get it right. Okay? Oh, okay. And the, yeah, like you said, the, the QB guru stuff. No, no, no. I'm just a dude with QB takes that likes to drink soda and, you know, flavored water. Look, I get pink grapefruit, Perrier mineral water here. We're, we're recording this friends 
on St. Patty's Day. Ah. After you're drinking mineral water. Don't turn old. Don't get washed. I'm a man. I'm 41. Let's drop some takes. Well, usually we uh, we record at night, or at least I do anyway. But I have to get this in and get this off to uh, to John Barchard so he can put it up because I'm going to celebrate tonight. So before we do that, before we get a little too crazy, let's let's talk some some quality football takes here. So we are going to talk about this free agency with the quarterbacks and the and the trades and, and all this good stuff. The first one being the Minnesota Vikings are making some moves. Kirk Cousins, three years, $84 million. It's fully guaranteed. My God, Mark, it is a doozy of a contract and one that says to me anyway, win now at all costs. Uh, they couldn't score against the Eagles after the first drive, 38 to seven. Just, you know, Super Bowl champion Eagles. Just wanted to throw that out there. They also couldn't stop the Eagles either. So bringing in Sheldon Richardson is going to help him with that. But getting back to Cousins, and I'll put it to you this way, Mark. Better situation just from a scheme perspective, perhaps. Uh, obviously, you can mold your offense around your quarterback, but from a philosophy standpoint, is it a better situation for him from a scheme fit for Cousins' skill set? You know, that's an interesting question, Michael, because I loved the way that Gruden sort of schemed him you know, over the past couple of seasons, he did a lot with, you know, half field concepts, mirrored passion concepts, making him have some easier reads and defined throws that he can make, you know, provided he can diagnose pre-snap, post-snap and all that good stuff. But I think that he's walking into not just a better, say, ski fit, but a better situation overall. Because when you sit back and watch Kirk Cousins and watch Washington last season, the offense didn't help him out a ton. Reed couldn't stay on the field. You know, the defense was okay, not great. They would struggle at times protecting him. And one of the knocks on Cousins is he's fantastic from a clean pocket, but you can see a noticeable dip when he faces pressure and he's pressured and has to get the ball out quickly or speed up his own mental process. Process and speed is an issue with him. But now he'll walk into a situation where he's got digs, he's got feeling, he's got at least a dependable tight end in Rudolph, and he's going to have a defense around him that can mask some mistakes that might give him some short fields, that might bail him out if he makes a mistake on his own part. And so I think overall, it's a step up for him. I do think that, you know, when you have him moving to Minnesota and Keenan moving to Denver, both Denver and Minnesota improved their quarterback position, I I think you could say, because I think although Keenum had the better year last year, I think Cousins is overall the better quarterback. So I think he's a little bit of a step up for Minnesota. And Denver was a wash in the purgatory wasteland of quarterback play since Manning. And so now they get an improvement in Keenum and at least some stability there. And so I think both teams help themselves. But for Cousins, I think it's a much better situation for him. And he gets away from, look, you know, Eagles fans know this. The DC market is a toxic environment. I'm somebody that comes from Boston, that I see how former Boston athletes get railroaded on their way out of town. I mean, go back to Ted Williams. People hated him. People hated him when it was time for Williams to hand him up. You can see the same sort of thing playing out right now in Washington where you're hearing stories that, you know, people in the organization thought Cousins was a fraud. They didn't believe who he was. They didn't think he was a good person. Cousins gets away from that environment. Good luck, Alex Smith, I guess. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. And I would agree with you that it is a better situation overall with the defense that they have there in Minnesota. It's interesting, too, because this kind of dovetails nicely with some other quarterback talk with uh, Keenum going to the Broncos, what they might do as far as their quarterback situation go- looks like moving forward. Sam Bradford, like his knee is about as healthy as my liver. And despite Mike Zimmer saying that Bradford's knee was quote unquote degenerative, much like my liver, the Cardinals still shed, shelled out 
$20 million to the 30-year-old quarterback. And Mark, you work on Bleacher Report's NFL 1000. And while Bradford didn't qualify due to lack of starts, well, because of the aforementioned knee, you did, however, rank the other quarterbacks that they brought in, that being Mike Glennon, who ranked 44th. And Mark, I don't know if under any other circumstances, for one reason or another, that these two would start more than six games this year. The problem for them is they might not be in a position to move up in the draft to go get one of their top guys. And you saw this today with the Jets trade that, that we'll talk about here in a second, but the Bills just leapfrogged them as well to get to 12. There are other quarterback needy teams in front of them. In fact, that you could say that the jet swapping those first rounds, sending those three second rounders to Indianapolis, that you could get three quarterbacks taken in the top three, depending on what the Giants do. And there's a lot of angles to consider with the Cardinals. They're, they've been unwilling to move up before. Uh, they have one of the worst rosters in the NFL, especially after cutting the honey badger. So what what does that situation look like for them? I know that the their quarterback coach, Byron Leftwich, attended the pro day for Richmond quarterback Kyle Laletta. Do you see that as like a day two guy that they could kind of target to maybe eat? that uh, transition or try to develop him long term. Yeah, I think if there's a step below a flaming dumpster fire of pain and misery, <laughs> yeah. that that would be where the current Arizona Cardinals quarterback room is. Because as you pointed out, look, Sam Bradford had a fantastic debut last year against the New Orleans Saints. Hmm. Looked great. And that was it. So there's that issue. And by the way, the video that the Vikings released announcing the Sam Bradford signing with Sam Bradford on camera, that looked like a hostage video, my friends. I I literally expected him to hold up a newspaper to show the day's date <laughs> because it looked like a man who was like being ordered to do this at gunpoint. That's how excited he looked. So <laughs> you have that. You have Mike Glennon who – couldn't hold off Mitchell Trubitsky and was arguably the worst quarterback on the field last year, say for the potential, you know, Deshaun Kaiser. Hmm. And so now you're looking at they're at 15. Buffalo's ahead of them, like you pointed out. You know, Denver's might be still in the mix at five. You know, maybe they still go quarterback. You could see quarterbacks come off the board at one through four. Yeah. Cleveland goes get, gets their guy at one. Maybe the Giants stay and pick a quarterback. Maybe they get out because somebody will pay a king's ransom to go get a guy. But could, could Arizona package something to get up? I don't think so. I think if anybody gets two, it's Buffalo. Then the Jets get their guy at three. And then whoever's left needing a quarterback, maybe it's Denver to try to get up to four. Cleveland will go move back a spot. Mm. We're going to see, and I, I tweeted this out today, we're going to see – if the NFL believes this is a big four quarterback group or a big five quarterback mm. group, because if NFL teams view it as a big four, we might see guys go off the board one, two, three, four, and then the gap until Lamar. Huh. And maybe Arizona decides, look, we can't get up to get one of the four. We'll roll the dice on Lamar Jackson and see if we can get that to work because we've at least got the giraffe and the knee who could give us a couple of starts until we have to turn to Lamar Jackson. Literally two starts, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally. Like, and, and that's with an asterisk because you're going to have to run the ball one of those games a lot. <laughs> or maybe, like you said, maybe they maybe they wait. Maybe they say, look, we'll go for a Mason Rudolph. Hmm. I'm shuddering at the thought of Mason Rudolph coming off the board at 15. Oh, but God. In the year of our Lord, 2018, <laughs> that might actually happen. And so maybe they wait, maybe they do that at 47, maybe they do Kyle Letter at 47. I mean, I'm in the quarterback evaluation business and business is booming. <laughs> Let's just put it that way because people are losing their minds because as Eagles fans well know, surest path to become competitive in the NFL 
Get a good quarterback on a rookie deal playing well. Right. Because you can do so much on the rest of your roster. Look at what the Rams are doing. You've got that four to five gear window. You maximize it. And that's why these teams are paying such a high premium to try to get a quarterback on a rookie deal. Because then if you get that fixed, you could go out and you can sign, you know, the Michael Bennett's. You can make the Michael Bennett move. You can make the Akib Tlaib type right. moves. And you get the rest of your roster locked down and you hope you win in that window because then you become Seattle and you're selling guys for scrap metal. Yeah. And I want to paint a picture for you on this next one talking about this quarterback class. If Baker Mayfield falls to five and the Broncos have already brought in Case Keenum, I don't really see him as a long-term starter. The Broncos have basically said, we are willing to swing and miss on quarterbacks as much as we are possibly allowed. And they have. They definitely have. But if Baker is there, I want you to paint, paint this paint this picture in your head. John Elway, Baker Mayfield standing on the stage at the NFL draft, both of them holding their crotch. Is it a possibility? Is it a good fit? <laughs> would would Elway be holding his crotch or his teeth? Like, would he be holding them out a little bit? Well, he's got to hold the teeth up and then hold the crotch. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah wow, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a lot. I mean, look, Elway is an athlete, so he could probably do that. He could probably pull that up. I, I think so. I mean, I would be stunned if, you know, given the sort of scenarios that we just kind of walked through, that Mayfield is available at five. Right. I, I would really be surprised. But if he is, look, like you said, they signed Keaton to a two-year deal. You know, he's not their next quarterback for the next eight years. Oh. You know, he, he might be the guy for the next one and a half. And if Mayfield's there, I, I think you roll the dice because I think he could fit what they want to do schematically. I think Mayfield is one of the guys that's closest to being able to start week one because I think he could build an offense around him and he can run. All this stuff about Mayfield from a mental sort of emotional maturity standpoint. Look, I, I've compared him before in a sense to Brady and that – you know, Brady will tell you to this day, if you bump into him on the street, that he was picked 199. Yeah. Baker Mayfield will tell you to your face that you tweeted something bad about me two years ago. And oh, by the way, I walked on twice. Like, that's who he is. Like, yeah. you know, ask Lee Corso about Baker Mayfield because Corso made one offhanded comment and Baker's been walking around with billboards, blowing it up from <laughs> like locker rooms to the buses because he was so mad about it. And yeah. Orlando Brown said it at the combine. He will find something you said about him and use it against you and use it as that chip on his shoulder. That's who he is. I like that in a quarterback. Yep. I'm like Viper. I like that in a pilot. So, <laughs> you know, give me Baker Mayfield. I'm cool with that. Let's roll with him. All right. So the Jets acquired, and we've hinted at this, the number three overall pick from the Colts with their number six pick, the 37th overall, the 49th overall in the 2018 draft and a second round pick in 2019. It's a major move. It's a major shakeup. The thing that's interesting is they apparently tried to get the number one overall pick. They tried to get the number two overall pick. Both the Browns and the Giants said no. Who fits the Jets? Right now they have McCown, who's probably 51 years old, and they also have Teddy Bridgewater, who who knows what he's going to bring to a franchise as far as a long-term you know, starting standpoint with the uh, unstable knee, how that's going to work out. We don't know. If you're the Jets and you just had you, you had your pick of the litter, who are they trying to get at one since they were trying to move up there? Who will they take at three if, if they're still there as far as the number one guy? Who do you think it is? I mean, I think there are two. There, there are three guys. If you look at this as a big five group, there are three guys that fit. One, because he's, you know, O positive. He's the universal scheme diverse guy in Josh Rosen where right. they can run sort of any offense that people want to throw at you. I think if you look at what they did last year from a schematic perspective, 
perspective under Morton, which was Air Raid slash West Coast. I think, you know, with Bates, he's more of a traditional West Coast Shanahan Gruden tree guy. Right. But I think the offense is going to look somewhat stylistically similar. I think your top pick from a pure schematic fit, you know, again, with Rosen being this diverse guy, is Baker Mayfield and then below that a Lamar Jackson. I yeah. think those are the two guys that fit best. I think Allen would be – it would not mesh well. I think Allen – we could talk about Allen in a second, but I think I know where he's going, which is crazy. But I think if you look at Donald, he could work in a West Coast offense. I'm worried about the processing speed, the release, the decision-making and stuff for a West Coast offense. I think he's better for a downfield passing game. Okay. I, I think Jackson and I think Mayfield fit the best from a schematic point because you know if you run sort of a West Coast air raid type – mix of offenses, mix in some spread stuff. That's pretty much what they were running last year. And I think both of those guys could do it and do it effectively. And so when I saw that trade go down, I was my immediate reaction was, all right, Baker's going to the Big Apple, baby. Buckle up because it's going to be fun. <laughs> now, to get into something that you pointed to regarding the Browns trade for Tyrod Taylor, this is something that has been hotly debated. We've debated it with other people and gotten very frustrated, oh, uh, you know, with all the inside no, the pilot no, guys. No, don't, don't go down that road. I'm having, I'm shivering. I'm breaking out into hives. I lost <laughs> a weekend of my life last weekend. We love you, Joe. We love you, Joe Ferriola. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, bud. So the Browns gave up pick 65. They still have the war chest, five picks within the top 64. Uh, In return, they get a solid bridge quarterback that might not get you fired, which I think is the goal for everyone. Uh, Mark, to me, this signals Sam Darnold, who likely needs time. And for once, I feel like the Browns may be doing it right. But what you hinted at is is it Josh Allen? Because if it's Josh Allen, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, like you said, you know, Mike, we talked about this a little bit, you know, on the on the hills of Verdun. Um, <laughs> but I think this points to Donald or Allen, because if you look schematically at what Todd Haley likes to do, you know, and I wrote this over inside the pilot a couple of weeks ago, I, I took the splits, I broke down every single quarterback and in terms of a percentage of their throws. Only Deshaun Watson attempted more throws downfield to find us 21 yards or more than Ben Roethlisberger last year. Right. You know, Roethlisberger 17.3. I mean, Watson 17.3%. Roethlisberger 15.3. Okay. So Haley wants to get vertical. Hugh Jackson, when they announced this decision, said he believes in the vertical offense. He said that about Todd Haley. If you look at vertical passers in this draft, the two best fits, I think, schematically, Darnold and Allen. Hmm. The interesting thing about the move for Taylor is Taylor last year was in a bit of a square peg round hole situation. He was forced into a West Coast passing game. When you look back at him from a split perspective, some of his best successes, vertical throws downfield. On tape, vertical throws downfield. So Tyrod fits a vertical offense because – you know, fast, quick processing for a West Coast scheme, not his thing. Downfield throws, that's more what he does. And so I think it does point to one of those two guys. I got to think Darnold's the guy because if the Browns have the number one overall pick, their pick of the litter, and they go with Allen, then I just have to revisit everything I've thought about this entire (laughs) draft industrial complex. I believe it's Darnold. I got to believe it's Darnold. I will lose faith in all of humanity if it's not. Yeah, I totally agree. And we were told by an NFL insider at in Mobile late night that it was going to be Darnold. I'm I'm still sticking with that, even though was was Michael was that at the first or the second bar we went to last night? <laughs> that was the first. That was the first part. The first of the only ones. Right? Yeah. Because some of us get confused when the lights turn on. Yeah. Good. Good old Mark. We, we came back in to drink at Veets, and because the lights were on, 
uh, down in Mobile. In my defense, it looked like a completely different bar. Uh, he kept asking everyone the next day, do you remember the second bar we went to? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I barely remember half the night and no one could confirm this story. And then he had to check the receipts and it turns out we were in the same bar. So that's, that's a fun story. That's when we got told about Darnold going number one overall. So that was a good time. By somebody that you see on TV every, TV every day, friends. Yes, exactly. It was he was swaying. So, all right, a couple more quick questions. Alex Smith in Washington. Should the Eagles be concerned, despite the fact that everything else just with the Redskins just it's just stinks of dysfunction? I mean, is Alex Smith a good NFL quarterback? I think so. Did he have a very good season last year? I think he did. Did he show improvement in the things that have always been a consistent knock at him, and such as aggressive throws downfield and pushing the envelope? That I think he did at times. Now in the playoff game. I would argue that he pulled it down when he shouldn't have. He passed up some opportunities on aggressive throws over the middle or deep that he shouldn't have, and it cost them in in that game against the Titans. I think the problem for Washington is going to be who is he going to throw the ball? Mm. Who is he going to throw the ball to? Because, you know, we just got done talking about Cousins, who was let down at times by Jamison Crowder, an interception against Dallas that bounced out of his hands. He makes a throw to Josh Doxson early in the season that would have beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night when the Chiefs were good, Hayden Doxson doesn't make the catch. Reed, Jordan Reed can't stay on the field. They just made the addition of Paul Richardson giving him $24 million guaranteed on a $40 million deal. Never I don't think that's really, (laughs) you know, I don't think that's really going to keep Jim Schwartz up at night. And so uh, is Smith a nice quarterback? Yeah, sure. I'm just not sure that this move is going to really be the one that puts the Redskins from you know, a seven and nine team to suddenly be in contention in the NFC East. I, I just, I don't see it now. You know, stranger things have happened, but sitting here right now on St. Patty's Day, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, last question: If the Eagles do move on from Foles in a trade in the next month before the draft, and they get some extra draft capital, and they'll also have another spot for a quarterback. Uh, day three guy, just one name real quick. Day three guy that you think would be a solid addition because I'm of the belief that you should draft a quarterback at least once every two years just because you can you can flip them for your uh, for a good return on investment if they show flashes when they play. Uh, and it's always a good idea to keep swinging, taking swings at bat when it comes to the quarterback position, no matter who you have as your starter. So if there's one day three guy, one sleeper, who is it? Well, I'll throw a couple of names at you just because that's the kind of guy I am and the kind of way I roll here. I'm immense. You know, I, I'm firmly with you. Like, address, address, at least think about the QB2 spot every single season. Yeah. Try to address it every single offseason. Draft a guy that even if you know that he, at best he's a long-term backup, QB2. Look at the last three Super Bowl winning teams. Of those last three Super Bowl winning teams, how many had a backup quarterback play significant time? Right, yeah. All three of them. Yeah. All three of them. So you, we need to look at quarterback two as almost not a starting spot, but your most important backup spot. And it's probably more important than like kicker and punter and some other starting position. I'd make that argument. Now, a couple of guys to look at on day three. Mike White, if he falls, mm. I think he could be a potential fit. He's somewhat a schematically diverse kid. Would have to get better on in terms of quick decisions and processing speed, but he showed that over the last year. That was a question I had on him. Coming into this year, he really got better in that sort of environment and that sort of trade. Riley Ferguson, from Memphis, a little bit undersized, thin frame to him, athletic kid. I could see him doing some of the RPO stuff that you know Chris Collinsworth is probably muttering in his sleep about still to this day. Uh, but I think Riley fits. Riley Ferguson would be a good fit. 
I think Logan Woodside from Toledo, haven't heard a lot about him, but I think he's a perfect fit for, you know, a time and rhythm West Coast sort of type of offense. Two guys I'll talk about if they go the undrafted free agency route. Chad Knopf from Princeton University, Peter Pouliot from Holy Cross, guys that haven't got a ton of attention in this process, but I like both of them. I think, you know, both of those guys would be good fits, um, especially the Holy Cross kid, Pouliot. Five-year starter, first four-year captain in Holy Cross history. He had a broken leg that he suffered before halftime of his game against Dartmouth his first senior year. Mm. Because of when it happened, he was allowed to come back, had an extra senior year. Talented kid, went to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl where he played behind Woodside. And mm. Austin Allen was only two for four that game, didn't see a ton of run. But I know he's working with QB Country, that QB quarterback school. They're doing some work with him. Uh, off the kid from Princeton, just turned some heads at his pro day. I know the Colts and the Patriots were there watching Ten and a half inch or ten and a quarter inch hand size, so he checks that box. If you're a member of QB hand size Twitter, so yeah, those those are some names that I throw out there, sort of that day three or you know priority free agency type area for the Eagles to consider if they do move on from Foles. He is Mark Schofield. If you don't think this guy knows quarterbacks, that list of names right there should tell you everything you need to know about the type of grind he's on. Mark, thank you so much for coming on with us. I'm glad I was able to get your name right. By the way, I learned that I was saying your name wrong about six months ago, and I wanted to see how long you would let me go before correcting I was gonna me. Let, I was going to let you go like as long as it could. I, I was just like, every time you'd say it, I'd be like, well, eh, okay, okay, that's, that's fine. It's no big deal. We're going to be like in our 70s, like right around Vietz, like, you know, four years. 40 years from now and you'd find I'd finally be like look you know I've got two weeks left to live okay my everything's gonna about to give out on me my friend and before I shovel off this mortal coil I just gonna say it's Schofield not Schofield that was how I was gonna let it go it just it just got to the point where I felt it was real disrespectful your your friend so I had I had to correct that I would have loved that <laughs> moment though great Mark let everybody know where they can find yourself Jeez. <laughs> Now, you can find me on Twitter at Mark Schofield. You can find the work over inside the pylon.com. Look, itpdraftguide.com. We have evaluated over 500 players now. We have over 900 reports. It is basically the closest thing you will get to being in an NFL front office by buying this thing, short of buying some pizzas for, I don't know, I'll throw out a name, Dave Gettleman. Let's just throw out a name, okay? <laughs> and being there in the, wall, in the wall room on draft night. So if you want that experience, you can check out itpdraftguide.com. Use the promo code TOTO. That's right. T-O-T-O TOTO for get $5 off your order right now. So check out itpdraftguide.com. You probably heard that I talk with a Boston accent. So lockedonpatriots.com or the Locked On Patriots podcast if you feel like listening to some quarterback takes, which I drop all the time. If not, believe me, I understand. You guys just won the Super Bowl. You're probably still running around in mummers outfits and I get it and enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, so much for coming on, man. Thanks, my friend. So thanks again to Mark Schofield for coming on and talking quarterbacks with me. Always a great time to talk with him. I look forward to having him on again. What we're going to do now is on Sunday, I will be talking with Jeff Riston of the Browns Wire, Texans Wire, a bunch of other wires. We'll go over all of that. We are going to be talking about this tight end class. Obviously, the Eagles have a hole at tight end. We'll talk about some, maybe some free agents that are out there, but mainly the draft prospects that are coming out in the 2018 NFL draft. So stay tuned for that. And remember, we all we got, we all we need. Fly Eagles Fly. Fly Eagles Fly.